Hi everyone, welcome to the Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by Sharebird and Clue. This is a show all about establishing product marketing and being the first marketer. I'm your host, JD Prater. On today's episode, I'm chatting with the VP of product marketing at Sales Loft, Chris Mills. But before we get into our conversation, I wanna give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Clue. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that wanna drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue team to beat their competition. Head over to Clue.com today to get started and make sure you check out the Sharebird job board as there are tons of job openings right now. You can also reach out to Sharebird if you're interested in new opportunities via email at recruiting at Sharebird.com. Chris, talk to me about joining SalesLoft as a VP of product marketing. Yeah, great question, JD. So, you know, the couple of roles that I had prior to joining SalesLoft as uh, vice president of product marketing were full stack marketing roles where I was managing the whole marketing team at smaller companies than SalesLoft. And I think those were great experiences. But as I was thinking about what I want to do next, after I left the last of those roles, I was doing some consulting and debating, do I take another marketing CMO, had a marketing type role at a Series B-ish company, or do I go to a slightly later stage company in a VP of product marketing role, which is really where my passion is. Like I came into product marketing from consulting and then product management and then eventually product marketing. And it's really the stuff that I love doing as a, a marketer, working closely with sales and marketing. And so I decided late stage company, I was looking for a company that was in an interesting space that I knew something about. I haven't worked in the CRM and sort of space for a long time. The sales tech space excited me. Sales Loft had a good name, like my companies had used it in previous roles. And so as I started talking to Sales Loft, the culture was something that everybody that you talk to talk about Sales Loft with mentions, right? They're very focused on creating a culture of folks who believe in the core values of the company and want to build a great company and want to develop people to great things and go on to even better things. Kyle, our CEO, talks about building a company where people can go and do more, be more. And that really interested me. I think culture is probably one of the most important things that you can look for in a company because culture is representative of the people and you're going to spend 10 hours a day with these people for the next X number of years to find a company that has a good cultural fit. And sales loft certainly have that. And then Sydney Sloan, who is our chief marketing officer, who I report to, her and I had a bunch of mutual connections over the years and I heard great things about her. And as I got to know her more during the recruiting process, looked at joining SalesLoft and working closely with her as a partner, as a great opportunity for a mentor and a partner to help me become a better marketer and potential future CMO. So I think all those things sort of fit the bill. And I joined SalesLoft almost two years ago to the day now, and it's been a really exciting journey since then. Oh, that's really cool. I, I want to dive into two of those things. We've talked a bit about culture fit. We've talked about a great product. When you're evaluating companies, there's two things that you mentioned. One, joining a later stage company as a VP, as opposed to an early stage where you could have been a head of CMO type of role. I think that's a super interesting. I want to dive into that. And then the second piece to that was finding someone like a CMO, like Sydney, that you can learn from. And that can help you grow into that CMO position. So let's tackle number one, a later stage company. 
What is it about a later stage company or mid-stage company that you thought this would be the right timing for you, but also like being a VP? Yeah, I mean, it's really important for people as they think about their careers and where they've worked and where they want to work. Stage a company is really important because if you go to a really early stage A company as a marketer, you're probably the only marketer, right? Yeah. And so you're not only thinking about marketing strategy, like how do I build a brand for this company? How do I generate demand? How do I, like, you have to be by definition, Swiss Army knife of a marketer. Like you have to be able to do a little bit of product marketing and brand marketing and demand generation and choosing HubSpot or Marketo and implementing <laughs> driving email campaigns, right? Like you're rolling your sleeves up and you're doing many different things. And it, it's really fun. I think it, it helps develop interesting cross-functional marketing toolkit or Swiss army knife. So that's what you do in the early days. And then hopefully over time, you start to build a team and you hire specialists and you sort of move on and up in, in your career. And usually you may be successful in sort of keeping the head of marketing role over time at a series A company, but usually they're going to bring in a more experienced VP of marketing or CMO as the company scales, who's built teams and managed bigger companies. And you'll have an opportunity to learn from them. Or if you love that stage of company, you can keep going to series A companies and doing that like creating a function and getting everything off the ground and building small teams and then moving on to the next company. And so for me, I've worked at very small companies where I was never the first marketer, but several times I was the first product marketer that helped build a product marketing function. And I started in product marketing having come from product management and doing a bit of both and then managing both a product management team and a product marketing team. And as I evolved in my career, I really liked the product marketing aspect of things that was more outbound, working more closely with the sales team and the rest of marketing and engaging with customers to tell their stories and positioning and, and messaging. Like those all were all things that interested me more so than working closely with product and engineering to kind of figure out like where the, what's the next thing we're going to build and what's the backlog and how do we prioritize the roadmap? I just love the outbound things more. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of joining a late stage company, like sales loft was in this really interesting place where we were probably about 25, 30 million in ARR when I joined a couple of years ago. We had a small product marketing team. There were two people that had been there a year or so and another person who joined like a week or two before I did. And they were doing early stage product marketing, right? Working closely with enablement, like building product sheets and decks and, you know, enabling the sales team. And Sydney brought me in to really build a more strategic product marketing function where we were doing not only the enablement aspects and sort of product positioning, but also driving a go-to-market strategy. As we were growing as a company and we had a bunch of different growth levers to pull, how did we evaluate those growth levers, size them from a TAM perspective? And what's the low-hanging fruit? Like, what should we go after first? Because we don't want to do them all at the same time. Although, when I first joined, we were trying to do them all at the same time <laughs> and size like, hey, there's five different directions that we can go to grow. It doesn't make sense to do them all at the same time. Like, let's focus on these three big ones because these have the most immediate impact on the growth of the company. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point too. It gets something that's very applicable. Like you think VP, right? And the things that you're talking about are very strategic things. You've got people that have already, they're in there, but everything they're doing is kind of more the execution. They're probably just trying to keep up more than anything else. I've seen this over and over in talking with other folks. It's like, I would love to do more strategy, but I'm over here stuck just doing sales enablement constantly. I, I would love to be able to prioritize. So it's great that they, you were able to come in 
and be able to provide this direction, really build out this function. What challenges did you face? Because being a later stage company, there's already these mechanisms for how we do things. There's this uh, inertia that's already happening. How, how did you come in and fit into it? And how did you adapt, but also ultimately build out your function? Yeah, I think that's a great question. In a lot of earlier stage companies that were founded by first-time founders, yeah, there's a lot of confusion of what product marketing is, right? Like the founders may not necessarily have ever worked with a product marketer before. They don't really know what the function does. And so they, they hire or evolve uh, people into product marketing roles. And those people just sort of grow organically in the organization. And then they start to learn more and scale and hire other leaders who have worked with uh, other senior product marketing folks before and who can recognize like, hey, we really need to bring in someone who's led and built this function before. And I think that's really where we were. And so I had a great partner in Sydney who would come up through the product marketing ranks uh, and customer marketing ranks to become CMO at our last couple of companies. And so she knew what good product marketing looked like and what an impact it could have on the strategy and direction of the company. And so I came in with her support and the support of the co-founder and CEO of like, hey, we need product marketing to partner closely with our product organization on product direction and strategy to partner closely with sales, to kind of retell or evolve the story that we're telling in, in the market. And so I had good partnership from our C executive level to come in and build a real product marketing function based on my previous experience, but then also in sort of morphing what product marketing could and should and you know does or will look like at sales law because I think you can leverage your experience to a certain extent, but every company is a little bit different. And so you have to come in and figure out like how to shape product marketing in the context of the other parts of the organization that you're partnering closely with. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned. And I think it's a great, if you're out there listening, it's also a good interview question. If you're evaluating companies, it's like, do you have that C-level support? Because when you do, things are so much easier than when you don't. Do they understand product marketing? And just ask these questions. And when you're trying to evaluate, should I go to this company to be on their product marketing team? It's understanding those relationships and how the team is viewed, how the function is built out. And then you had mentioned who the leader is. And that's great that, you know, Sydney's come up through the product marketing ranks. She's reaching out to you. You've come in through the product marketing ranks. And so that's a fantastic way to come into a company outside of just having a great product, great customer reviews. But whenever you're thinking through your own journey, where do you see the path product marketers? Do you think we have a path to CMO? I mean, obviously you've seen it in your own company at Salesloft, but I mean, in the broader, in the broader spectrum. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, the way I look at it, and I've had a, a few CMO head of marketing roles. And so I definitely believe that there is a path from uh, product marketing into the C-suite CMO role. I think different kinds of companies need different types of CMOs. There's essentially three different kinds of CMOs. There's a CMO that comes out of product marketing. There's a CMO that comes out of the sort of comms brand track. And there's a, a CMO that comes out of the demand generation, you know, metrics, performance marketing track. And depending on the type of company and the solution and who you're selling it to, they need different kinds of, and perhaps the stage, they need different kinds of CMOs. Generally, uh, B2B companies that sell into the enterprise tend to have a need for 
a product marketing centric CMO who comes with that strength because it's a strategic solution. It's a lot about storytelling and driving complex deals and telling that complex story in the market. And that's product marketing heavy. I think more transactional B2B sales or B2C tend to lend itself more towards a combination of demand generation because it's high velocity, like how many leads can we get into the funnel and just generate sales transactions. And it's about brand building, certainly on the B2C side, but also on the B2B side as well. So for me, I tend to look at B2B companies that are selling very complex solutions in the 100,000 plus range of average contract size who are selling into a big market and building a brand for themselves. And I think those, those kinds of things lend themselves to a strong product marketer, overall marketing leader. And then as a marketing, when you take that helm as the head of marketing, wherever you come from, the thing that I learned from the roles that I have leading marketing is they need a leader who comes in with a strong product marketing background, but you have to complement your skill set with leaders on your team, your marketing leadership team, who are strong in the areas where you're not quite as strong. So if you come in from a product marketing background as a CMO, you've got to find a really strong demand generation leader who can do that function and who can build that function. Similarly with brand and comms, like find somebody who's done a lot of kind of brand building and, and PR and communications stuff, uh, because like, it's not your strength. B, it's probably not where you love to spend your time. And so find really strong people and develop them and empower them to sort of build those functions. That's great. I, I want to dive into, you're talking about like building these functions. I, I want to talk about like your team now. So you're coming in, there were already a couple of people on the team as you arrived, but we've interviewed lots of directors, a lot of heads of product marketing. Like talk to me about like a typical week for a VP. Like what does a VP do? And then like, how do we get to that level? How do we cross that chasm from director to VP? I mean, it's such a big thing to ultimately overcome. Yeah. No, when I think back, I mean, I got my first VP level product marketing role back in like probably 2013 or 14 when I was working at Service Source. I'd been there six years and helped take the company public. And so just grown into the role as we grew as an organization from 25 million to 300 million and had great mentors along the way and was able to contribute a significant amount to the growth to IPO, post IPO process. And I think that was one of the most proud moments in my career where I was like, Grabbing that VP wrong felt like a big, big, big yeah. step up. And I was super proud. It's a big step in our careers. And I, it's really about sort of impact and the relationships that you have built or are able to build to get to that VP level. I think as a director, you're building small teams, managing small teams and having an impact on the direction and message of the company. But once to get to that VP level, the rest of the organization, like the revenue leaders, like the chief sales officer, chief revenue officer, if you're working under a, a CMO, they recognize that you have the potential to help steer the direction of the overall company and can lead bigger teams and lead large initiatives and that you in the role that you're in are scaling factor for the business. Like Without you, the, the company would be hampered in its growth or its ability to scale. I think that's when you earn the right to sit at the table as a VP. You also have to be in an organization that has 
grown to the point where they've got a chief marketing officer, right? It's yeah, unlikely that you're going to be a VP of product marketing working for a VP of marketing, right? <laughs> That's right. right? You know, it's so, a good point. It's a good so point. I think you have to look for organizations that have more senior marketing roles to be able to expect that you're going to get that VP promotion. So like I was lucky enough where as we were scaling up for the IPO, we you know, developed internal talent to be the CMO. And then we brought in sort of a well-known tech CMO to run the business. And yeah, you know, there was clearly room for me to move up in the organization. And I saw that as an opportunity and kind of did all the things that were required to get recognized and work on the strategic initiatives and make an impact in the business and was given that opportunity. Yeah, I think Seth Godin calls that the linchpin. And then I've heard uh, Steve Martin say, be so good, they can't ignore you. Right. right. And so that's all like the ultimate thing. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a junior PMM, senior director, a VP, it's deliver, it's provide value, be so good, understand how the business runs and operates and understand what levers you can pull, prioritize the big ones, get that low hanging fruit. But I mean, this is ultimately what, what Chris has become so good at. But a question for you, when you think career pathing, now that VP and now with your direct reports and you're guiding them, you're mentoring them and you're pulling them up through the ranks, what does a typical week and month look like as a VP? And then what uh, career pathing would you advise? A lot of my week is spent in meetings. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I have a team of six direct reports. So I spend time with each of them in one-on-ones every week. I spend time in our marketing leadership, meeting with them on marketing priorities and initiatives that we're working on and how do we create a great marketing organization, a great place to work. I spend time with our sales leadership and understanding priorities and syncing on things that me and my team are working on to help drive revenue outcomes. I spent time with our product leadership team on roadmap and strategic kind of direction of a product and company. I spent time with analysts, kind of telling our story to the analyst community and making sure that we're helping influence the influencers in our industry. I spend time with different leaders in the company who I see as mentors to me. So like, you know, I have a monthly meeting with our co-founder where we're talking about stuff I'm working on, career pathing and things that I can do to help impact the organization in bigger ways. I spend time with customers. One of the most important things for product marketers is spend as much time with customers in front of customers as possible. It's hard to do now in the pandemic to get on a plane and go see customers, but it's easier in a lot of ways because we're all home and more available. Right. People aren't traveling. And so it is really important to meet with customers and build relationship with customers, understand what it's like to walk in, in their shoes. Cause I think that helps us be much better product marketers because ultimately like our job is about telling those stories of our customers to other customers and the market of like what problems are we solving for them and what kinds of impact are we having on their businesses? So I, I think it's all those things. And then I do have some things that I work on on an individual basis, like I'm responsible for our pricing and packaging initiatives. So I'm working on analyzing our pricing and packaging trends and kind of figuring out over discounting or are we selling one, <laughs> one package versus another, and then reporting out to our kind of cross-functional pricing committee that, that looks at those kinds of things. Yeah. And Chris has done a Sharebird AMA on uh, pricing and packaging, which we'll definitely leave in the show notes. Go check out his answers. There, there, if that's something that is interesting and you're wanting to learn more, go check that out. There's 
very thoughtful, very helpful answers in there. So I want to kind of shift now. When you think about challenges or maybe even mistakes, when you think you've been in VP like almost a decade now, right? I mean, you've got so much experience. What are some of those challenges that you think of maybe early VPs make or maybe even some mistakes that you've made? Not so much the the uh, thrills and chills. We're going to get to those. But like, what are some of those early mistakes? And then what are some of those challenges that you faced even coming in and establishing product marketing? I think it's easy to make the mistake of like, hey, I've done this before at a previous organization. I'm just going to reapply that logic or that methodology or that framework here at this company, which might be in a completely different stage and need different things. And so kind of coming in with sort of a rubber stamp model of like, oh, this is what I've been for. I'm just going to do that. Like that doesn't work. That was a mistake I made in one of the roles where I was trying to put a lot more process and frameworks in place when it was just a really early stage company. They didn't need frameworks and process. They needed to understand the direction of the product and who it was being <laughs> sold to and you know, whether or not it was commercializable or not. And what did the TAM look like? rather than like bringing in a bunch of product marketing frameworks. So you have to use your experience as you move from role to role or company to company, but also make sure that you don't try to apply the same exact thing at the previous company because every company and every situation is a little bit unique. Yeah, that's a and good then I would say the other thing learning lesson is when you first start in a new role, either if you're promoted internally or if you start a VP level role at, at a new company, spend that first six months diving into the business, meeting as many people as you can, like building those relationships with your cross-functional partners, going to talk to customers, because I think all like those relationships will be important as you get into your role and take on more and more responsibility and you need to build those relationships and credibility and trust in the early days. And then customer knowledge is like currency in product marketing, right? The more knowledge that you have directly from the customers now, the more credibility that you have both internally in your own organization, as well as externally in the market, as you're talking about your story. Yeah, I think there's two things there because you see this a lot where companies are like, well, we want someone who has done this before or we want someone who has seen the movie and they can come in and give us these playbooks, right? And it's funny that you're like, well, yes and no. Make sure that you're tailoring that playbook. And then the second piece to that is like really thinking through how you do that. And that's so key because you have to work with your cross-functional stakeholders. You have to meet people. And then you have to ultimately know customers. And you see this now too, even like in job descriptions, we want five to seven years experience in this industry, cybersecurity, right? And you're like, who's got that? You're just gonna poach from your competitors, you know? And it's when you say currency, it's 100% correct. So take what you know and make sure that you're utilizing it and make yourself marketable. <laughs> Become that next VP, take that customer knowledge. I think the product marketing role, particularly coming in as a leader, like an external hire leader into a company, it's hard, right? Because in the product marketing role, you're expected to be an expert on the product, on the market, on customers, on the go-to-market motion. And so you have to very quickly get up to speed on all of those things. And so you got to spend a lot of time meeting with folks, getting into the product, learning the product, 
spending time with sales engineers, seeing it demo, maybe learning the demo yourself. There's a lot of different angles that you have to start to come in and fairly quickly start to master. And so those are the important things, like learn the product, understand the market, spend time with customers to understand their pain points and, and what your solution solves for them. But that's going to help you get up to speed and, and start to be able to add value because you, you got to come in and establish all that and establish your credibility and then evolve whatever was happening before. Yeah, it's a good point too. It's establishing your credibility, but you're also providing a ton of value and you're providing value for product marketing. So when you're trying to establish it, this is the valuable insights that you're able to bring to the rest of the org. And that's key. That's what's ultimately going to help you gain credibility, but also establish product marketing, build out the function, and then really start to curry favor with other teams. I think it's it's a great point. I mean, part of my journey at SalesLoft and, and developing a product marketing organization was to come in and bring some of the previous experiences that I had around like evaluating total addressable markets and sizing them and prioritizing them and creating models of how should you look at different markets and decide on one versus the other. And that was one of the things that I did fairly early on uh, where it was the rest of the organization woke up and were like, wow, that's what product marketing can do. <laughs> now it's like we get pulled into every single one of those conversations. Should we go verticals? Which verticals should we go after? Like, let's go talk to the product marketing team and have them help us research this and, and look into it and help figure out what direction we should go. Yeah. And that's another huge point is when the teams start coming to you, that's when you know you're established and you're valuable. I mean, that's huge. So kudos to you that the internal teams are coming in. Like, that's a tough thing and it doesn't happen overnight. So let's transition now. Thrills and chills. I mean, you've been in product marketing now for a while, which is exciting. I'm actually kind of interested and intrigued here. When you think highs and lows of your product marketing career, talk to me about some of those. Yeah, I've had the fortune to work for a couple of companies that have had amazing product market fit and timing and growth in the market. I mentioned one of the companies that I was at, Service Source, that we grew from 25 million to 300 million. We had sort of an IPO in the middle of my tenure there. And we shifted our model from a primarily managed services outsourcing type model with a mix of technology, building and launching one of the early SaaS platforms outside of Salesforce that was focused on helping companies manage renewals and maintenance contracts. And that was super exciting to sort of go in that journey, like, hey, from growing a company from that stage through the IPO and to billion dollar plus valuation, and then just creating something from scratch, creating an entirely new SaaS platform and changing a business model from primarily services to, to subscription in, in the fairly early days of the subscription economy. So that was a high point. And that was also the first time I became a VP. So that was one of the high points in, in my careers. And then some things are like every day. Like I, I mentioned, we were talking before we started the podcast about, we just did a big major launch earlier this week at, at SalesLoft. And since I've joined, we've moved our product go-to-market motion from, you know, sort of continuous like feature releases, like as they come to a six-week cadence at first where we're sort of bundling things up and rolling them out to the market and communicating them to customers. So now we've recently switched to a quarterly launch rhythm so that we can focus on building and announcing bigger things to the market. And so we just did like the first of our major launches earlier this week on the 15th. And it was just really exciting to see all the work that my team 
put into working with our cross-functional partners and product management and sales enablement and the rest of the marketing organization and seeing the press release go out and all the social posts that we were doing, our CEO posting at, you know, about how excited we were. We had a virtual summit event with a product keynote and two of my team members on my team, along with our chief product officer, presented the product keynote and one of our sales engineers demo the product. And we had a big celebration post that event. My team presented on all hands and a lot. I took a huge moment of pride in A, seeing my team in the spotlight. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Demonstrating all the work that we had done and put into this process and collaborated with the rest of the organization. And that's not a personal moment of highlight, but as a leader, that's one of the best moments that you can have in seeing yeah. your team really shine and the kudos that the whole team gets as a part of that was a pretty awesome moment just within the last 48 hours. It's been a pretty cool week. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you can't see Chris and I's faces, but we're both just smiling because I mean, Chris is just beaming, telling this to me, but me and my own, I've seen this and I've experienced it. And it's definitely like the thrill and the high, seeing it all kind of crescendo into this one moment. And so that's a lot of fun, especially when it's executed really well, because there's so much behind the scenes that people just don't see, other teams don't see. And so when it finally comes out, that's a lot of fun. So what about some of those, those lows, some of those chills? Anytime that you work on a product and a product development, product launch, a big marketing campaign, whatever it is, and for whatever reason, you have to shut it down. Either it's bad timing or like if it's a product where there just isn't product market fit or there's an issue with the product and it's just not going to work. That's a low moment, right? Because there's a lot of energy that goes into the ideation of that thing that you're working on. And there's a lot of work, both of your own and your team and across the organization. And I think over time, you start to recognize like, hey, something's not there. It's not working or whatever. And it's a really hard decision to shut something like that down. I think you and I were talking about this. Yeah. Again, it's hard, right? Because there's so much that went into that thing. But one of the mistakes that you can make is continuing on too long and continuing to like spend all yeah. this energy on something that really there's not the market there for it, or there's some other reason why it's not going to work. And I think one of the one of the most important things that you can do in strategic decisions that you can make is pull the plug without having spent much, you know, five times the energy. Like if you wait too long to shut things down, it's just, you've burned through a lot of energy and capital and morale. And so those are lows, but as you look back on it, it was like, that was the right decision. And, and we may even waited a little too long. We waited a month or two or a year or too long. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm hoping so. We were talking before. I'm currently in the middle of that. So last week made the decision to shut it down on a product that we've been working for four months now. And it's really all I've known. I've been AWS for four months now, and this is what I've been focused on. And so now I'm a week out with all that emotional baggage and just kind of like, Oh, reeling here. Like, what do I do now? I need to somehow right. salvage this work. And so I'm excited to take your advice in a couple of months, years from now, go to look back at the experience and say, yeah, that was the right call. And I, I do think it is the right call to be fair, but right yeah. in the moment you're like, Oh, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's hard in the moment, but I think sometimes from our mistakes or failures or things that didn't work, sometimes you learn a lot more from those things than, than you do yeah. necessarily from wins. Because sometimes wins, you just had 
right idea at the right time. And so you might not always necessarily learn the most from those things. Whereas it's like win-loss interviews. I, I think you actually learn a lot more from losses. Go talk to those customers. Like, Why did we lose this deal? Like, was it a gap in the product? Or is our sales process messed up? Or do we not have the right message or position? Or do we flub the demo? Were we trying to solve for a, customer, a problem that the customer didn't actually have? You learn an incredible amount from those and, and often can take the learnings from that and improve lots of different parts of the organization, right? Like you can fix gaps in the product, you can fix your messaging, you can fix your talk track or sales process or whatever it is. So yeah, those moments of lows, hopefully are learning lessons that you yeah. then take and, and improve upon. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. We have to learn from those mistakes and those failures because if you're not, I mean, that's, it's just a missed opportunity in my opinion. But Chris, thanks so much for coming on. We haven't had the chance to interview too many VP of product marketing. I'm really excited for where product marketing is headed. Yeah. It's also interesting, but like there aren't that many VP of product marketing roles. No. It has to be a company that gets no. to scale yeah. because you've got to have a CMO and that CMO needs to have a VP layer under them and a big enough team for that those VPs to manage. And so there aren't that many startups to get to the scale yeah. sales loft is now. So there are well, a lot of more marketing roles then there are VP of product marketing roles. Correct. Yeah, that's such a good point. And you touched on it. I probably should have like drilled down into it, but yeah, you're 100% correct. That's why I was so excited to have you on. I was like, oh, there's someone out there. <laughs> bring them in, Alex, bring them in. We need to ask all the questions. <laughs> yeah, so. and it's also interesting. I could have taken another head of marketing role and I hinted at this a little bit. Man, that head of marketing role is really freaking hard. Right. There's so yeah. much ways on those people's shoulders, particularly at earlier stage companies that are still sort of figuring out product market fit and yeah. growth and growth targets just get harder and harder every year. And like sales leaders turn over every year and a half, CMOs turn over every year and a half. It's just a hard role. And often if a company's not hitting its targets, it's either the salesperson's fault and the salesperson. And, and there's not much mentorship for heads of marketing. That's correct. Right. Because you're going to work for a founder or CEO typically, who's yep. usually not a marketer. They may think of themselves as a marketer, but they can't help you be a better CMO because they're not, you know, most of them are technical or sales founders, not marketing founders. And so I struggled in my first couple of head of marketing roles because I don't think I was quite ready to take on the responsibilities outside of product marketing, which is where my kind of superpower was. And I said, hey, I didn't want to do it again so quickly. And I really like doing product marketing. I'm going to go find another product marketing role that's the level that I want, which is VP. Reporting to the person that I can learn from and hopefully learn from my peers. Um, sure. And demand gen and comms and other things so that eventually I will be a better CEO. And I'm definitely like, like, that's one of the things that I want to take away from this job, right? Yeah. Which is like, what I learn in this job that's going to help prepare me to take on a head of marketing role and, and do it better next time. That's so true though. And that's something I have small taste of this. When I was at ad stage, series A, I'm leading the marketing function. I came from like more of a demand gen, like strong demand gen function, found out I really like product marketing more than demand gen. <laughs> and it was like, Man, this is hard. And I was talking with Alex and why we started this too. It's also like lonely. You kind of hinted at that. Like 
it's lonely. You're by yourself and you've got no one really to talk to or to bounce ideas off of. And so and you're expected to have all the answers, right? all like the, the answers, <laughs> how you're doing. Yeah. And the head of sales expects you to just deliver leads and you know, qualified opportunities to his team or her team. It's fucking hard. And they're off, there's not like a CMO school that you go to. No, no. <laughs> and so a couple of things that I took away from the couple of roles that I had that I was leading marketing is one is use your superpower, but make sure that you surround yourselves with people that complement whatever that yeah. superpower is and do it fast. Like if you've got the wrong person in a role, make a change sooner than later, because mm. if you give them too much time to sort of grow into the role that they're in, like, it's just not going to help either of you. So that was one thing I learned, like find the <laughs> tenants that complement your strengths and network, find yeah. other heads of marketing or people that are in the role that you're in and commiserate with them, ask them questions, advise them so that they advise you and which is part of the reasons why i'm even doing this right yeah. i made a commitment to myself when i took this role learn from my peers because those are the kinds of lieutenants that i'm going to hire in my next role and network like talk to other heads of product marketing i know a lot i've been doing this for a long time but i don't know everything and every situation is a lot different and learning from what other people have learned and the mistakes that they've learned is a big big part of what People pay us the big bucks for, right? <laughs> yeah, they, it's true. They either want us to have the answers or have the network to go figure the answers out. Yeah. I think we're going to be having a lot more VPs coming in the years as uh, product marketing is really having a moment, as you have seen. But also, thanks for just being a trailblazer. You've been out there banging the drum for product marketing and showing all the strategic value that we can bring to the org. It's a fun role. I've done lots of things in my career from consulting to product management to product marketing and overall marketing leadership. And I'm biased, but one of the coolest roles in an organization that touches so much, right? You get to work with lots of parts of the internal organization from product to the rest of marketing to the entire sales organization, customer success and service organization. A ton about the business. You, you get to talk to and work with customers every day. You get to help drive the strategic direction of the company in various ways. It's a fun role. Well, thanks again. Go, go celebrate put your feet up, exhale, maybe get some sleep tonight. All right, JD, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That wraps up today's episode of Thrills and Chills. And again, thank you, Clue, for being a sponsor of this show because with Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitors' strategies and measure your competitive program's impact to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. And a special thanks again to ShareBird for making this podcast possible. We'll see you all next Thursday.